Hello and welcome to another edition of Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, where Team Needham discusses everything healthcare. I'm your host, Sean Needham, and I am streaming live from Idaho Falls, Idaho, one of my favorite places. You know how I love Idaho. It's actually a pretty free state, so I love that part about it. And speaking of freedom, we're going to be talking about freedom a lot today, and we're going to be talking about no college mandates. And when we say mandates, you guys know what we're talking about. We're talking about COVID-mandated vaccines, and maybe vaccines at all for that matter. I'm not sure how Lucia is going to go down that road, but we do have Lucia Sinatra, I don't know if she's relation to Frank or not, but we can ask her. And on our podcast today, and I'm super excited to have her talk about this. We are streaming live on Facebook, Twitter, and and um, LinkedIn. We are not streaming live on YouTube. And the reason for that is because YouTube censors us, and I don't want to lose our YouTube channel. The other, If the other ones want to censor us, go ahead. Um, but we have over 1,500 educational videos on all kinds of healthcare issues um, on uh, the Moses Lake Professional Pharmacy YouTube site. So we don't want to lose that. Um, so without further ado, Lucia, welcome to our show. Hi, Sean. Thanks so much. I'm glad to be Hello. here. So we were talking before the show. Tell us a little bit about your story. Okay, great. Um, so I started um, No College Mandates a little over a year ago. I've got a college sophomore and uh, I've got a, a senior in high school. And um, when COVID-19 um, vaccine mandates, most especially um, rolled out for college students um, last year, um, some of them started as, uh, as early as the early summer, um, even the spring. Colleges were announcing um, students needed to be mandated, and this is not all colleges. Um, it's about a thousand colleges, and a, and about three hundred or so colleges on top of those one thousand mandate a booster, and then about twenty colleges mandate a second booster or bivalent booster. So we're talking not even the majority of colleges in the United States, but we are talking. Um, the most highly ranked, if there is such a thing, uh, or what they call themselves the most elite of the colleges, um, some of the biggest college systems, um, they all vac uh, mandate vaccines. Um, so last summer, I just thought, there's no way, um, not for this young, healthy population, not really for anybody, um, but I needed and wanted to focus my mission most especially on this young, healthy adult population. Um, I just don't think vaccines should ever be a mandate. I especially don't think it for the college cohort or anybody younger. Um, uh, they, um, they just don't need this medical treatment. They are not given informed consent, so they have no idea what, for the most part, they were all just following a narrative and following the propaganda. Um, and, you know, uh, at this point, too, the majority of them have already gotten COVID, um, and yet these colleges are still forcing boosters on top of COVID, and they're making up their own rules, Sean. So they're saying things like, well, if you had COVID 60 days ago, you're eligible for a booster. Says who, right? Says who? Here's where we're seeing a lot of damage and we're seeing a lot of injury. Students that have had COVID and then they're getting boosters following recovery of an infection. Yet the colleges won't back off. You still need uh, you still need primary series, which is outdated at this point. Um, if they got my monovalent booster, that is no longer available. Now bivalent booster is available. And there's an argument that that's obsolete at this point. 
So the whole thing's crazy. It's it, it was crazy from the day they announced vaccine mandates, and it's still crazy. What we have seen, and we'll probably talk about this a little later on in the show, is we've seen some movement. Um, not a lot, not as quickly as we'd like it to be, but there are colleges that are dropping vaccine mandates. There are colleges that are dropping booster mandates. Um, we think that we have a lot to do with that because we've got an active and vibrant parent, student, faculty, MD uh, community, and we've been pushing back since day one and letting them know this is not okay. Uh, through letter efforts, a sign, uh, line act campaigns, uh, phone call um, campaigns, this is not okay. It is not okay to strip these students of their medical choice, of medical freedom, they were never given informed consent, and it absolutely needs to be restored. Absolutely, I agree, hundred percent. And and here's you 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 speak of it. It's not just about vaccine mandates. It's about medical freedom. That's what it is. Because the conspiracy theorists from early on, um, you know, when they were having mask mandates, said, "Oh well." You know, if they can mandate a mask, then later on they can mandate a vaccine. And people says, oh, no, that's crazy. They, they, that's not going to happen. And lo and behold, it happens. Um, so from day one, um, whether it be with wearing a mask, whether it be with a vaccine, I just promote medical freedom. It is your, it is your right if you want to get a vaccine or you want to wear a mask. That is absolutely your right. Don't make me do it. Don't make my family do it. That, that's all I'm asking because once we go down this road of mandating any kind of medical procedure, yep. it's trouble. The yep. next thing, what's the next thing they're going to mandate? Well, um, Mr. Needham, you have prostate cancer, so you have to go through chemotherapy. Oh, really? I mean, seriously, yep. that's really where we're, if, if they can mandate a vaccine, why couldn't they mandate that? Yeah. Um, yep. And, and, and that's you know, why it's important to stop this. You know, you know what it is, Sean, too? It's so frustrating because the narrative at most of these colleges that mandate, whether it's vaccines or masks, and those are two separate systems, um, and they're not universal. There's no universal rule or law, and there's no universal rule or law for who these mandates apply to. So at some colleges, you have mandates for students only, but not faculty. Explain that one to me. Yep. Holy smokes. I had yeah. no idea. Oh, yeah. It's oh, I mean, you know, we really shouldn't be that surprised when you look at it. I mean, a lot of times what happens is the government makes these laws, but they don't have to follow the laws. Right. right. You know, I mean, we've seen that for 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 many years, right. you know, the government makes laws for us peasants to follow, but right. the elites don't have to follow it. The kings and the queens, get they get a pass. Exactly. Um, and, and that's kind of probably what's happening at the colleges. And, and that, that's just, but it also shows you that it's not about safety. It's not about health at all. No. It's about power. That's exactly right. It's about control. And, yeah. um, and you know, Sean, what's crazy is we've known, and this is what we've been beating colleges up um, about since we've known, we've known since August, 2021, that the vaccines don't prevent infection or transmission yet. Colleges are still saying the safest way to protect our community is to get vaccinated. 
I just don't understand these these platitudes that uh, that are unfounded, that are untrue, and yet they continue to peddle the propaganda um, to keep their community in fear and to keep these students feeling like it is absolutely their obligation to be a good community member. That's what they're trying to teach at these colleges. And if you want to be a respectful community member, you need to keep taking these vaccines. Yeah. And they, you know, they, they make you feel, try to make you feel bad if you don't do it and you're hurting somebody else. You're doing it for the goodness of other people. And anytime somebody steals your individual liberty to say it's for the common good, run. Yeah. That, that is scary. Anytime that we stamp or stomp on individual liberty, it's a problem and, 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 and be scared because that means somebody is trying to control you. Yes. Um, it's never about the greater good. If we, if we protect ourselves with self-interest and no, it's not selfish protecting ourselves with self-interest. It's, it's, it, it is how, it is how the world works. It is how we survive. Yeah. And, and self-interest also means that we protect our families. Yeah. So you as a mother, you were protecting your kids going to college. That's one of the reasons that you, that you did this. So we protect ourselves in self-interest. That's what's important. It's not about the greater good. That's, yeah. that's when we really, really get in trouble. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, you know, because they, they know exactly, especially at the college level, exactly what to say to manipulate their students. And this is all about manipulation. They are a young, vulnerable population. They are on the border, right? They're on the cusp of becoming teenagers to young adults. Is there any more perfect time right. to capitalize on manipulating a captive population. And Sean, you you alluded to this when we were talking um, before the show. This is not the first time college students have been used as science experiments. This is not the first time they've been manipulated with all of the, the funding that comes into these big research universities to test out new products, new protocols, um, you know, new testing, you name it. Um, they are a captive population. They are being held ransom with, we will take away your, we won't let you graduate. We'll, we'll stop you from getting your degree. We'll stop you from registering. We'll stop you from participating. You'll lose hundreds of thousands of dollars of money in, that you've already invested in your education because in one second, we can take it all away. Yep. Mind blowing. Yeah. And, and Again, we shouldn't be too surprised when we look at the principles of Marxism, um, which is how communism is founded. It's basically one of the things that Marxism talks about is public education. Um, and even the private colleges outside of Hillsdale College, um, all of them accept, accept government money. So the minute you accept government money, you are a government school. Yeah. That means you're a government school and you're controlled by the government. Yeah. So we shouldn't be surprised that yeah. these institutions are indoctrinating kids because yeah. if they indoctrinate kids at that age, then they can indoctrinate them to be the nice little socialists that's controlled by the government later on. That's what it is, period. Public right. indoctrination, government indoctrination in our in our government in the government schools. Let's not call them public schools. Let's call them what they really are. They're government schools. Yep, yep. And I'll make one comment there um, about Hillsdale. I love Hillsdale. Um, there are a handful of others, believe it or not. There's about twelve to fifteen like Hillsdale. And of I course, can't... of course, you know that. 
<laughs> I, I have to know that. I, I have to know that because here's where I'm trying to funnel our families. When I get outreach from families and they're like, what do we do? Where do we go? Where do we send our kids to school? We want colleges that never mandated vaccines because we don't trust we just talked about this. We don't trust that this is not going to come back in some other way, shape, or form. So we don't want to go anywhere where it was even on the table. Um, so there's about 12 to 15 of them. I can't rattle them off of the top of my head because I didn't review the list, but Grove College is another one. Um, they don't accept federal funding. They don't even, you know, they don't give kids uh, federal um, loan money. They get, and they get no research dollars. And they are 100% autonomous. Keyword there. They are yep. autonomous to run their school, run their community the way that they see fit. I have several students that have been kicked out of colleges or um, have left for refusal to get vaccines or get boosters. And they, many of them have funneled over um, to what I would call these autonomous colleges. They're, um, they're the way to go. And, uh, and we're actually working on a list. We're trying to put together a list now. Um, we've got several lists. We can talk about that later in the call, um, accessible on our website um, as resources for parents. And one of the lists uh, we're trying to put together is a list that's exclusively lists colleges that never mandated vaccines. And um, there, there are a lot of them. There are a lot more than you think, right? There are a lot of public schools in the red states, as you would imagine. There are about 20 states, um, give or take, that either by legislative or executive order are not uh, allowed to mandate vaccines. Therefore, the public schools, public colleges in those 20 states cannot mandate vaccines. So that's a huge, a huge amount of schools right there, right? Um, the private schools in those states can do whatever they want. Um, but we're seeing that they are having a harder time, like in Virginia, a couple of schools um, just recently dropped their vaccine mandates, private, small, private schools. Um, they don't have to, even though Virginia public schools by executive order cannot have vaccine mandates, but we're seeing that these private schools are having a hard time justifying, no kidding, justifying their mandates. When the public schools don't have vaccine mandates, they're not faring any worse. Nobody's dying. Right. Uh, they don't have higher COVID vaccine numbers. They don't have sicker kids. No. Uh, they don't have sicker faculty or professors. Um, Yet the private schools have the mandate and the public schools don't. So we're seeing that, that they're getting some indirect pressure because how do you justify a vaccine mandate as a private school in a state where the public colleges can't have vaccine mandates? And they're doing great. As a matter of fact, in some states like New Hampshire, um, I'll give you a great example. Um, uh, my son goes to Dartmouth College. He's a sophomore, so I'm very in touch um, with the community and I'm very in touch with what goes on there. And last school year, Dartmouth College had a vaccine, has, still has a vaccine, primary series vaccine uh, and booster mandate. And University of New Hampshire, which is a public school in New Hampshire, tripled the size of undergraduates, had less COVID infections than private Dartmouth College with the vaccine mandates. Well, 
one of the good things about what's happened over the last three years is some of the evil places are being exposed. Um, and we've known that the colleges have had a problem for a while. We know that they overcharge. We know that they are uh, are overvalued, um, charge way too much for what a lot of people get from it. Um, and, and that being said, if you ever get a chance to read um, The College Scam by, by Charlie Kirk, it's an awesome book. Thank you. And it just talks about a lot of these things. Yeah. Um, so the ones that so what's happening is people are finding out ones that don't have these mandates and one that don't have these rules and they're going to them. And, and the ones without federal funding, especially, which are very free to do what they want. Um, those colleges are growing like crazy and the other ones are not. That's a good thing. Kind of like the hospitals. I think hospitals, private, public, nonprofit, for-profit, yep. I think in, by and large, if they accept federal dollars, yep. they're they're evil. They yes. are evil. They they yes. overcharge tenfold. They yep. do these protocols that yep. kill people, yep. and um, they're being exposed now. And I think that's a good thing. This is not. It's not only been over the last three years that the hospitals have been evil like this. No. It's been for decades now. Okay. So now they're being exposed. That's a good thing about this. So. I'm being optimistic about this and that it's going to open a lot of people's eyes. And I think it already has. It has. And you are absolutely right. So what we're seeing is there's a huge uptick in applications um, in the red state school, red states colleges. So Florida, huge uptick in, in, uh, in applications, Virginia, Texas. Um, what we're not seeing yet and what we would like to see and what we hope is coming down the road is um, the blue state schools or, you know, the Ivy League schools, the really, you know, what, what, what people refer to as the elite schools. Because the problem is, Sean, if you give up your spot there as a student, there's always another student that's waiting in line to take that spot. And these are the students who, quite frankly, I wouldn't want in my institution anyway. They're not the critical thinkers. They are the, the followers. They are the narrative believers. They are the ones that have bought the propaganda hook, line, and sinker. And they have shown that they are very easy to manipulate, um, whether it's what's coming from the media, whether it's what's coming from the government, whether it's what the school is telling them. We are seeing very few of these kids who are willing to think outside the box, who are willing to analyze the data, think about what they've been forced to do, question it, and then do something about it. And that is the most depressing part of my job. There are not enough students that are willing um, to speak out. And what we don't know, Sean, it's really hard to know this, how many of them believe the narrative, how many of them don't believe the narrative, but they went along with it to keep their lives Keep, keep maintain normalcy, which they desperately, desperately crave after the lockdown years. Um, and they just want a normal, regular college experience. And how many of them were forced to take these vaccines and then push back with either an exemption or we won't comply or we're going to transfer? It's very hard to know um, with how many students fall in those categories. But I think the majority of them, uh, that go to these schools that mandate vaccines, these thousand colleges, 
I think they believe the narrative. I think they believe that they um, have done their civic duty, their community duty by taking these vaccines, by masking up, you know, at, at the uh, snap of a finger, several schools uh, just reinstated mask mandates. Um, SUNY Purchase in New York was one of the first. They reinstated mask mandates prior to the Christmas holiday so that when students came back for the gym, after um, the Christmas break, they would have masks on campus, um, fully masked, fully back in class, in, in the classrooms. Duke University was threatening, threatening their community because an uptick in cases of bringing back, of bringing back mass mandates in the classrooms. And a bunch of students contacted me on Twitter. I love when students contact me. It is my best day. These are my best days. These are my most productive hours on no college mandates um, because now I have their attention, Sean. I have their attention and they can help me and I can help them. Um, so they pushed back, the community pushed back and said, we are not wearing masks in the classroom again. And Duke made an announcement a couple days ago and said, okay, we're not gonna bring the mask mandates back. You still have to wear them on inter, you know, inter-campus buses, which is just ridiculous, but whatever. Um, they don't have to wear them in the classroom. And, um, and I love these stories and I love sharing these stories because there's still so much fear, Sean, around pushing back. And my greatest piece of advice to any parent, and I always end my podcast this way, is please be brave. Ask your student to be brave. I can, I can almost guarantee you that if they speak their minds and if they push back, it will not result in community repercussions, but it will result in a level of strength um, and in a level of fortitude that they have to stand by their beliefs and their convictions um, about what they feel is right or wrong for their own personal health. Well, the reality of it is, and I, I thought about this with the whole mask wearing thing many a times, you know, I, I fly a lot and um, I, I just always wondered when they were mandating the mask. I mean, if, if all hundred passengers on the plane took them off, what are they going to do? Land the plane? Are they going to say, oh, we're going to emergency land the plane? No, they're not. Yeah. You, you just have to all stand up together. Yes. And, and if the students did that and the colleges have no more students. Yep. They, what would they do? What would I they mean, do? Right. And yeah. and that's what it takes. And, you know, I mean, the government loves these kids you're talking about that are compliant. Yeah, they, they love compliant kids because they can control them. And yes. that's what our public schools, government schools have been doing for years now. Yes. And the reality of it is I don't want my kids to be compliant. I want my kids to be dangerous. Yeah. And that means not violent. But, you know, if they're told to do something that they know doesn't make sense or is wrong, I want them to stand up for it. That's yep. what I want my kids to do. Yep. Yep. Be who they are. Say what they believe. And, you know, my son is doing that um, at Dartmouth College. You know, uh, back, you know, this he, he got into his dream school. And I was not going to be the parent to blow up his dream. He's um, an incredibly deep critical thinker. Um, he's actually done projects at school regarding mandates and regarding um, the economic impacts 
of of COVID-19 and the lockdowns. Um, and he's gotten some pretty bad grades, Sean. He was dinged. There's no question about it by his teachers. And he called me and he was angry as hell. And I said, listen, go in there, fight it, keep fighting it. Because this is about you being you. This is a not, not about you fitting into your professor's mold. And you need to somehow let him know that. And you need to let your guys and Jack, you're not going to change this overnight. Um, it's going to be a slow process and a frustrating process. But don't ever stop being true to your values and your beliefs. My younger son, who just applied to colleges, he's completely different. He refuses to go to a college that is not a free college in a free state that uh, never had vaccine mandates and uh, and where he will not feel captive or manipulated um, because they both have, uh, they're both very strong-willed um, and they have very strong opinions um, about their personal health. Um, and I could not be more proud um, that they understand the importance of that. So wherever they go, I know that they will defend themselves and that they will never ever follow along with a narrative. I know that about them. And that, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm, That's I'm a good feeling. That. Yeah, for sure. So a few weeks ago, the military dropped yeah. their mandate. Yeah. So I got to think, I want your opinion on this. I got to think that any state institution, any local government institution, any government institution or any institution period that is mandating vaccines, I got to think that the military dropping the vaccine mandate does not help their case at all. What do you, what are your thoughts? 100% agree. Um, I was so elated as was so many of the rest of us um, when that, uh, that decision came out because um, we've got more ammunition to go back to colleges and say the military, you know, military um, enrollees are in the same age range and age population as college students. Right. So if they can no longer justify mandating military recruits, um, because sadly, a lot of the military did get vaccinated. So now this applies to new recruits only, right? Um, if they can drop those mandates, how on earth can you continue to justify mandates to your college population um, when, as we talked about before, you don't even have mandates for your faculty and staff? Why is that, Sean? Yeah. Because they'll all walk out. They'll all walk out. You can't have a college with no professors. You can't run a college with no staff. Why are they, one would think, the more vulnerable of the college community? Why are they not being mandated, yet the students left to be free? That's a great question. And by the way, colleges can't run without students either. So if students vote with their feet and right. don't go to the colleges that have mandates, It'll fix this problem. That's what yeah. I love about the free market, free market solutions. You know, vote with your pocketbook. I said that all the time during um, the lockdowns and during mask wearing and during vaccine mandates when some restaurants and stuff were mandated. Yeah. It. Don't go yeah. there. Yeah. Don't go there and make it clear why you're not going there and go somewhere else. And sometimes it was right across the street and I'd make it clear to them. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, and, and that'll fix the problem. Free market yeah. solutions, vote, yeah. you know, vote with our feet, vote with our pocketbooks. Yep. Yeah.
Yep, I could not agree more. There's another decision um, that came out that you probably saw that Children's Health Defense secured, um, getting vaccine mandates dropped for healthcare workers in New York State. Um, this is that was a huge win that that only came out last week. Um, I didn't realize that that, that that's. That's huge. Huge. There's a huge. vaccine mandate for healthcare workers in Washington State still. Um, I'm I'm from Washington State, and it, it's a it's communist. Yeah. Um, probably one of the worst states outside of New York and California, possibly, or maybe parallel with them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's a big thing. Go ahead and, and tell deal. us more about that. And so what I was so excited about is the decision said. It, um, that vaccine mandates are arbitrary and capricious, and yes. especially for a, for a vaccine that does not, you know, essentially that does not work, that does not prevent transmission, does not prevent infection or transmission, what are we doing? So basically said that New York State, Governor, Governor Hochul and the New York State Health Department overreached in establishing healthcare worker mandates, done. They are now null and void. Governor Hochul, is also responsible for vaccine mandates at the SUNY school system. And as you know, uh, likely from uh, being from uh, New York State, it is one of the largest, if not the largest, state public school systems in the country, probably even the world. If we get those vaccine mandates to drop at SUNY, this we're talking hundreds, hundreds of thousands of kids that would no longer be forced to take an unwanted medical treatment. How can she justify? So we think it's just a matter of time. Now, we don't know if it's going to take a lawsuit or not, um, or if there's going to be some pressure and realization that if these vaccine mandates fell for healthcare workers, they have to fall for college students. So more work to be done, but we've now got a couple of really good precedents that we can lean on to say enough is enough. Their narrative is definitely falling apart. Like you said, the vaccines don't work. Um, They don't prevent transmission. They don't permit um, 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 infection. In fact, most of the people that are getting infected with COVID now um, are um, vaccinated. Um, The unvaccinated are not dying on the streets like like they were told they were going to. Um, You know, it's, it's never in the history of infectious disease have we ever let a vaccine trump natural immunity. Um, everybody, almost everybody in the world has been exposed to COVID already. So you have some kind of natural immunity. Now, how we test for that natural immunity, there's some argument about, but my whole thought is we don't know what we don't know. Um, you can't look at just you know certain antibodies and say, well, you do have them or you don't have them. That doesn't mean you're not immune. That's Our immune right. system is developed more complex than we will ever know. (laughs) And our bodies have been fighting coronaviruses for thousands and thousands of years. So to think that this one coronavirus was going to wipe out the population, I think just doesn't make rational sense. And I'm saying that as a lay person, not as a pharmacist. It doesn't make rational sense. If a coronavirus is going to wipe us out, it would have a long time ago, but it didn't. And how can we be mandated in a vaccine for a virus that mutates rapidly. It's been three years, folks. Yeah. It's been three years. Um, how effective can a vaccine be if it's not being changed all the time? Right. You know, right. so it's, it's just, right. it, this is, it says, it says, this is 
like has never happened before. And I think it's it's happening because government officials were trying to see how far they could push the population. We are seeing pushback now. That yep. gives me that, that makes me optimistic. Absolutely. And talk about things that have never happened before, Sean. I don't know if you know this either. Colleges are mandating flu vaccines for the first time ever in the history of higher education. So we've got, I've got students that have reached out to me from UPenn and said, I got a problem because if I don't take a flu vaccine, I can't register for my courses. This is what we're talking about being, why? What's the rational sense? What, what is it that, that forcing your students to take these flu vaccines in exchange for continuing their education, please explain the logic to me. It is so incredibly frustrating. And some of these students um, are PhD students. They've invested hundreds of thousands of dollars. They're on their last semester. They're on their last few classes and they need, they're forced to get a flu vaccine to register. I mean, we're seeing less of this thing, this type of situation happened this school year than it did last school year. Um, The things, the treatment that these students received last school year, um, unconscionable, criminal behavior without a doubt in my mind. But the fact that it's continuing three years into this nonsense and forcing a flu vaccine, which has never been forced upon a college population ever in the history of the world, When is it going to end? And you and I have talked about this. The more we give in, the more these students comply, the more we let them dictate medical treatments, the more danger we put, uh, we, we, the more we endanger our freedoms, our continued freedoms. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for staying up. And I want you to talk about a little bit about your website. Okay. We're We're streaming it here. No college mandates. Tell us a little about your website. Yeah, so um, we're uh, we're always looking to collect more um, concerned parents, doctors, professors, students, alumni. You don't have to have college students um, to be part of our mission. So we're always looking to collect more people to join this mission because the more people we have, the louder and stronger our voices are. Um, so you can sign up uh, on, on our, you can reach our mailing list um, from our website. Uh, you can reach all of our social media pages from our website. Uh, you can find our Substack, um, which is where um, not only do we publish sort of updates um, about what's happening at the colleges, but we also invite um, guest posts. So we've had students post their stories. We've had doctors um, uh, post great um, Substack pieces um, with their justification for why um, these vaccine mandates need to go away at the college level. We've had professors um, post on our Substack, um, and then we've got a Telegram community. Um, It's a safe place. Um, We've got an official page on Telegram where we make announcements to the group and where we list our calls to action. 
um, and I'll explain that in a minute. And then we've got a chat feature on Telegram where we can all come together as community members and we can find other parents or students or um, professionals um, in the same college community that we are in or in the same state that we are in. Um, and lots of little groups have formed um, from our Telegram page. Um, so there is a, a California group and they're specifically targeting the UC schools and the Cal State schools. Uh, a SUNY um, CUNY group formed from our group and they are specifically focused on the SUNY State and City um, uh, University of New York school systems. Um, Notre Dame parents have found each other from our Telegram page, Fordham parents, and these are thriving little communities, Georgetown parents, um, thriving little communities of parents that are working within their community um, and pushing back as a group um, and, and, and even just supporting each other, Sean, feeling like I'm not the only one um, who's at Fordham or who's at uh, Georgetown or who's at Boston College that doesn't agree with these mandates. And I wanna find other parents to talk to and I wanna see if there's things we can do together um, to push back um, against these mandates. Um, the other things you can find on our websites, um, we're just about to actually launch a new website um, that's going to be um, a little bit a little bit of a better resource, uh, but you can find legal resources, uh, you can find exemption resources, um, you can find partner organizations, um, and then you can find campaigns there. Um, so there are two active Align Act campaigns, uh, one that was um, created by um, University of California parents um, asking the University of California to drop all vaccine mandates. Um, since they launched that campaign about a month ago, uh, the University of California has given their community the option to opt out of booster mandates. Um, so we feel it's a small win because you can now opt out of taking boosters. Um, uh, but they have not completely dropped all COVID-19 vaccine mandates. So that community is still fighting. Um, and then there is an Align Act um, for uh, the SUNY schools, um, SUNY Purchase in particular, which as I told you earlier in the call, um, reinstituted uh, mask mandates um, uh, last at the end of last year, and they've continued into this year. And that Align Act is asking SUNY Purchase and the SUNY leaders to stop being ridiculous, stop mandating masks, drop the nonsense. Uh, the kids need to return to normalcy. It's important for their mental and emotional well-being, um, and you've tortured them enough, so we need you to stop. And what's, what's interesting about an Align Act, Sean, is that unlike a petition, we've done those before too, um, an Align Act is where um, a, a community, a parent community uploads a letter um, to that college. And every time somebody goes into the Align Act and signs it, that letter with my signature gets emailed to the leaders of that school. So when you sign an Align Act, it results in hundreds, sometimes thousands of emails being sent to those school leaders sent with that letter saying, you need to drop your mandates. And so we feel like it's, it's a more effective tool um, because they are getting overloaded um, with these emails in their mailbox. And um, as opposed to just mailing them a petition, with a thousand signatures, which they may or may not read. We're actually flooding their inboxes and forcing them to, to see 
the community um, and how much the community is is speaking out against these things. Awesome. I love what you're doing. And one of our goals of our podcast is to educate and empower individuals to take charge of their own health. And you've helped us realize that goal today. So as we wrap this podcast up, I think it might be a little bit obvious, but what do you have a passion for, Lucia? <laughs> I Right now, um, I have many passions. And right now I have a passion to save as many kids as I can. And that was my calling. That was my calling. So when we started this mission, um, we it was pedal to the metal, Sean. We were securing as many exemptions as our as our bandwidth could handle. Because all I wanted to do was save kids from getting these vaccines if they didn't want to get these vaccines. Um, so if I had to put it in a nutshell with regard to no college mandates, I just want to save as many kids as I can. And then my next passion would be I want to wake them all up. That's awesome. I love it. Boy, you and I will get along well. Um, so I, I got to ask you, Sinatra, I'm sure you get to ask us all the time. In yeah. <laughs> yeah, my husband, um, it's my husband's no husband, and there is a distant relation. Um, he's a second, uh, second, wait, uh, first cousin twice removed. Don't ask me to define that. All I know right. is what does that mean, right? Distant relation. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's awesome. So um, I, I think probably the best way to get a hold of you is the website. Is that correct? Yeah, the website uh, through that email button there. Um, and then on Twitter, um, I have t- I'm, pr- I'm mostly active on Twitter, although I am on Getter and Truth Social also. And I actually have two handles. I have at NCM Forever and at Free College Kids, both accessible um, from that website, um, our website. My DMs are open there. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it, it depends on the week. I could get people reaching out to me mostly through email, but then a lot of students and others reach out to me um, through direct message on social media. Um, my accounts on Twitter, um, they're, they're not as free as I'd like them to be. I don't know what the hell's going on with Twitter, um, but I still very, very much feel ghost banned and shadow banned, um, which is why I have two accounts because when one is locked up, I can tweet from the, uh, the other account. And yeah, I, I, I don't know what's going on over there. I'm not the only one, um, that's still feeling, uh, really stifled on Twitter. Um, uh, sometimes I tweet and I feel like I'm speaking to myself. Uh, I know that I'm getting, um, I'm, I'm getting very few impressions and my reach is very, um, very narrow. Um, but we just keep at it. And, um, you know, like anything else, there are good days and bad days. That's awesome. I love it. Um, Lucia, you, you really have, and you know, inspired me today, um, to fight even more than I have been for medical freedom. Um, and I, I've learned a lot and I'm going to sh- share, share a lot of this. Um, I know of an attorney that's going to be very happy about the New York case. And I'm not sure if he knows that, but I think he probably already knows it, but I'm still going to share it with him. Great. Um, thank you. Thank you so much for the work that you do and, and the health solutions and, um, you know, every, you have a great audience and you have a wonderful podcast. I've watched many of your episodes and, uh, I'm so grateful, um, uh, for people like you and Janet educating the masses, um, that there are other ways to take control of our health. And if you want to do it, um, you have all the tools that you need, um, to take charge and, you know, and to, to live the life you want to live and make the choices you want to make. 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And listeners and viewers, thank you for tuning in today. Um, tune in Monday, 1230 to 1.30, our regular scheduled podcast. Um, we'll have Marcella Hill on, and she's going to be talking about the injustice of women seeking proper hormone replacement. And as you know, Janet and I at Moses Lake Professional Pharmacy, we specialize in hormone replacement to help individuals work their way to optimal health. So you don't want to miss out on that one. Um, 12.30 to 1.30 Pacific Standard Time, Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. Thank you all for tuning in today.